Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is November 29th, 2022, and our first story Elon Musk says he plans to publish the Twitter files, exposing the suppression of free speech on Twitter, potentially the political bias there within. In our next story, I address what happened last night on Timcast IRL with Ye, Milo and Fuentes and how Ye stormed out of the show. I think it's possible they, they may have planned this. I don't know about Milo or Fuentes, but I think Ye may have known what he was doing, considering how things played out. And in our last story, Arizona Secretary of State is suing after one county has refused to certify the election and passed the deadline. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Several years ago, as many of you know, I appeared on the Joe Rogan Experience with Jack Dorsey, then CEO of Twitter and their head of legal trust and safety, I think, uh, Vijaya Gade. And they said that there was no political bias. Among many other things, they have ins- uh, they've been insistent that it's not true. On my Wikipedia page for the longest time, it said that Tim Pool believes that conservatives face bias and censorship on social media platforms as if to imply it's incorrect. But I've always been correct. Now, many of you who have lived the censorship know it's not just that I'm correct. I'm just telling you what you've experienced and I'm relaying it to other people. It's not that I've discovered some profound truth. It's that I watched you guys go, hey, Tim, we're being banned. And I was like, hey, these guys are being banned. And they're like, Tim's wrong. They're not being banned. Like, what are you talking about? I'm watching it happen right here. Elon Musk says he plans to publish the Twitter files about free speech suppression on the social media platform. I'm excited to hear it. He's also announced that there will be around 62,000 individuals who are going to be uh, granted general amnesty on Twitter and restored. Several who have uh, many, many followers. And now we're hearing that Apple, so he says, is threatening to pull the app from the app store. They won't do it. Twitter is used by way too many people and it's way too popular. Could you imagine what would happen? Elon Musk knows what he has and what he holds. With every tweet, with every news story, people lust to be on Twitter, to see what's happening, to experience the news and the conversation. Imagine if one day you woke up and you could not download Twitter on your phone. Why, these people would go out and buy Android overnight. And perhaps Elon wants that. Here's what I'd say. Apple best be warned. 
If they remove one of the big three social platforms, I think it's one of the big three, I don't know, big five, whatever you want to call it. Now that TikTok is there, that Instagram. If they remove this from the app store, their market share is going to drop. Even, even if only by a few percentage points or maybe one, that is a lot of money lost. But it could cause a cascade effect. People lose confidence and say, we want to see what Elon's talking about. Elon tweeted, this is a fight for the future of civilization, that free speech is the most important thing. But the machine is coming after him. The media is writing smear pieces. Hackers have broken into Twitter reportedly. And Elon Musk is just keeping on going. Twitter isn't the end all be all of the world. My friends, I'm here on YouTube. YouTube's got its own problems. Twitter's got some benefits. We'll see how things play out. But it is a major driver of culture. The woke left are able to use it to organize boycotts. The military, militaries around the world in reality, to organize psychological operations. Fact, a fact that was reported on over 10 years ago. I wonder what Elon's true agenda is. I'm not so convinced he truly does believe in free speech. Otherwise, he would have reinstated Alex Jones. Maybe he does and he's just being tactful and will do it slowly. I'm not so sure. Maybe he really does have plans to launch Starphone or Xphone. I think it'll be Xphone. He had X.com. He wants Twitter to be X app. He has SpaceX. I think he'll make the Xphone or something like that. An Android based phone that has Twitter on it and everyone will buy it because they want to hear what's being said. He knows what he's doing. I think the goal of Elon with Twitter is to create an app like we, what is it? We, uh, WeChat. Is that what they use in China? Luke talks about it on Timcast IRL. Basically where you do payments, where you watch videos, where you share uh, thoughts, where you speak, you, 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 you message people. He wants to displace Facebook as a utility and Twitter as the conversation and create a singular hub for social interaction, communication and purchasing to create a digital space for social interaction beyond just a social network, the advancement of the technology. But we will see because he's certainly up against the powers that be who don't want him wielding this power. But let's take a look at what he's going to release. Absolute proof that Twitter was uh, suppressing free speech and was politically biased. A lot of people are probably scared because they lied to Congress. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive members only segments of the TimCast IRL show. We didn't have one last night. The guests walked off. We do have behind the scenes footage that may end up going up. I don't know if we have any everything because there were a few hiccups that result in us not being able to film everything we thought we were going to film. And then with them leaving abruptly, we do have some footage, but I'm not sure it actually shows anything. It's like might just be a walking in, smiling, shaking hands. And then I think like eating a cookie or something. But maybe we just put it out anyway. But look, we're going to we're going to get something out for you guys. We have a consistent stream of members only shows. We're going to have one tonight. And as a member, you're supporting our journalists who report the news every day and our efforts. If not for you as members, we wouldn't be able to do shows like we did last night or try because we with your membership, we have less to worry about in terms of censorship. We know that if they try and take us off YouTube or whatever, we can stream wherever. And as long as you guys support us directly, we will never we will not be going anywhere. So. With that being said, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from Business Insider. Elon Musk says he plans to publish the Twitter files about free speech suppression. Twitter's new owner tweeted Monday, the Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. The tweet lacked any specifics and it isn't clear what suppression Musk is referring to. 
I think it's hilarious that they try and play these games. This is why people don't like the media. We know what he's referring to. Twitter and other social media companies routinely remove accounts and content or hand information to governments and law enforcement in compliance with local laws and their own policies and their own policies, you say. The company discloses these takedowns and information requests in a high level summary that is available for anyone to read. Musk's Twitter files tweet on Monday night came amid a longer tirade specifically against Apple. Musk, a self-proclaimed free speech absolutist, full, full stop, he's not, claimed the tech giant has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. He also alleged that Apple threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store without telling the company why. He wrote, Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech in America? He also tagged the company's CEO, Tim Cook, in a reply demanding a personal explanation. Brilliant. Musk ended the string of tweets on Monday by claiming his self-declared war with Apple was a battle for the future of civilization. He added, if free speech is lost even in America, then tyranny is all that lies ahead. The Tesla CEO has been a longtime advocate of free speech, although experts routinely question his wide interpretation of the First Amendment. Uh, what does the First Amendment have to do with free speech? You mean the First Amendment protects free speech from government infringement. What does that have to do with a private company? Yeah, these people don't know what they're talking about. Since taking over the social media platform, Musk has reinstated multiple suspended Twitter users, including Trump, uh, US pre- former US President Trump. The billionaire also plans to offer a general amnesty to many more banned accounts, with employees already referring to the plan as the Big Bang. Oh, that's going to be fun. Representatives for Twitter did not immediately respond to insiders' request for comment. Well, let's talk about what's going on, and then I'll show you Elon's tweets. Financial Times reports. Twitter's $5 billion a year business hit as Elon Musk clashes with advertisers. And this basically explains everything. These ESG companies, this is how they wield power. They go to Twitter and say, we will cut off funding to you unless you ban the people we want. And Twitter said, you got it. And Elon Musk said, no. Here's the best part. Elon apparently started calling up the executives of these places and, and, and giving them a, a stern talking to. And I think he's starting, to, he's starting to convince them. That's something you can do as the CEO. Take a look at this. They say multiple top advertising agencies and media buyers told the Financial Times that nearly all of the big brands they represent have paused spending on the social media platform, citing alarm at Musk's ad hoc approach to policing content and decision to axe many of its ad sales team. Musk, meanwhile, has sought to personally call chief executives of some brands that have curbed advertising in order to berate them, according to one senior industry figure, leading others to instead reduce their spend to the bare minimum required so as to avoid further confrontation with the billionaire entrepreneur. Oh, I'd love to see it. Elon Musk tweeting this out puts at risk their stock price, their bottom line. He puts them on blast with 120 million followers, the owner of the most powerful community uh, network in the world. More power. Well, maybe not the most powerful. That's maybe overstated. Maybe, maybe a bit hyperbolic. Maybe YouTube is, but Elon knows. Then when he tweets, the news reports. And you got to imagine, you're, you're an executive and you're like, we're cutting spending. And then he says, they hate America. They hate your values. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. 
Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I think Elon's right about something, calling them out. I want him to call them all out. And I want to say, I, when, when I see a company pulling this BS, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can to avoid any kind of purchasing of their products or support. And I hope you do the same. I learned my lesson on trying to avoid boycotts a long time ago. I no longer have Disney Plus. A year ago, it was reported, or around a year ago, that they had thanked the Xinjiang, Xinjiang, probably pronouncing it wrong, um, concentration camp security company, like XR, I don't know what it's called. And um, a lot of people were like, okay, I'm cutting funding, I'm cutting my, my, my purchase of Disney. I had already purchased a year membership and I said, well, I have it, right? I canceled it, but it's still active because I paid for it. It expired, ain't renewing it. Elon Musk, when he wants to call out these companies, I don't, I don't, I don't have, an, I, I have iPhones, don't get me wrong. I don't use them as my principal device. We get them because we're trying to keep up with mobile apps. We're trying to develop a mobile app and we need testing platforms. No, I use Android and a variety of different ones. I'm not a big fan of every single one of these companies that produces Android, but I'm going to avoid the companies to the best of my ability when they do bad things. I know all companies do bad things. I know Foxconn. I get it. I get it. I'm trying over here. And I think Elon gets it. They say after several waves of job cuts and departures, Twitter's ad business team has shrunk so much that many agencies no longer have any point of contact at the company and have received little to no communication in recent weeks, according to four industry insiders. Some brands have been unable to get feedback on how previous campaigns have performed because of the staffing shortages, one media buyer said. Others are complaining Twitter's ad systems have become buggy making it difficult or even impossible to run campaigns. It's, it's, it is quite unique. The turmoil, the damage, nothing of this magnitude has happened before, never. He seems to put off even those advertisers who wanted him to succeed, another top advertising agency executive said. Musk is under pressure to draw revenues from Twitter as he faces $1 billion in annual interest payments after loading the company with $13 billion of debt to help fund his acquisition of the business. October 27th, the day he closed his $44 billion deal to buy Twitter, the Tesla and SpaceX chief executive sought to reassure marketers the platform would not become a free-for-all hellscape despite his plans to relax content moderation restrictions. Soon after, he conducted uh, rounds of calls and meetings to reassure top ad agencies and brands. One email sent in early November and seen by the Financial Times said of Musk, he's one of the greatest innovators in the world. And he understands our platform and product at a level that few people do. He wants to ship exciting things and he wants to do it quickly. In the meetings, Musk appeared across all that appeared across all the details of how the platform is run. He, uh, he appeared across all the details. Two agency executives said 
impressing brands with his knowledge. He knows more than the former chief executive Jack Dorsey ever did. He has immersed himself very deeply in the business. However, the relationship soon soured when he led up a bunch of people. So this, this we know. They say groups such as General Motors, Volkswagen, Volkswagen, Carlsberg, and General Mills have announced they would be pausing spending on the platform given the moderation concerns. Okay, cut those brands off right now. Cut them off. Sorry, guys. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't drive GM. I actually drive a Tesla. Hmm. I have a Honda, a Honda too. Volkswagen, not going to buy your car. Carlsberg. I, what is Carlsberg? I don't even know what they are. General Mills. You know what, General Mills? I don't want to eat your sugary, gluteny garbage anyway. So you know what? You made it easy for me. I don't buy your crap as it is. If you enjoy your sugary glutens, by all means, you're allowed to. But uh, um, I've been avoiding that and I lost a lot of weight. So uh, I'm happy with where I'm at. They say many in the advertising industry have struggled to keep track of the changes. Robin Wheeler, who started heading up Twitter's ad sales business under Musk, after the former chief Sarah person that resigned, left the company last week. Bloomberg reported that Wheeler was fired by Musk after refusing to sack more people. OK, OK, OK. You get the point. You get the point. Here's my here's my concern. <clears throat> this is expensive. A billion dollars a year in interest, not to mention the four million dollars per day they're bleeding out. He's got to fire people. Maybe Twitter really does collapse. Maybe they really do sink. He needs people to sign up for Twitter Blue. Well, he's in, he's engaging in the amnesty. And, and the problem is right now, Twitter Blue is only on Apple. You see where this is going. I think this is a coordinated attack against Elon because he's striking at the narrative machine. Twitter Blue is on Apple. You want to sign up for it and give Elon your eight bucks? You need an iPhone. Apple's threatening to pull the app, so he claims. CNBC reports Elon Musk claims Apple has threatened to remove the Twitter app. This would cut off the remaining revenue. So then, Elon, you got to get that Android app out. They can't cut that off. Google might. And then what? Side load and APK? For those that know what that means. Maybe then he launches X phone. Can one man do it all? Probably not. But Elon has very wealthy and powerful friends. And I think if this carries on, you're going to see a lot of prominent multimillionaires and billionaires start getting involved and saying, we will play this game too. They will partner with Elon and you will see the emergence of the parallel economy. It's happening right before your eyes, my friends. And Elon knows that Twitter is a vehicle to get it. <clears throat> Here's what he said. In response to David Sachs, who said, as long as tech MAGA, I love that, Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon have unlimited power to engage in bundling and to act as gatekeepers of competitive products, there cannot be a healthy startup ecosystem. Elon said, it's a real problem. Apple and Google effectively control access to most of the internet via their app stores. Rupa Subramanya re responded with Tesla phone with Starlink is the future. Well, I think we are now at the point where con uh, uh, condensed, compact satellite phones are a real thing. Now, if Elon does use low, low orbit internet technology to create some kind of satellite phone service, it probably won't have data. It'll probably be very weak on the data side, but, but talk might be, might be possible. Elon might be able to launch texting like, like Twitter integrated phones, a phone that can send texts and send phone and make phone calls. Having Twitter integrated is perfect. Photos might take a long time. I'll put it this way. Starlink actually is really good and really fast, but with a smaller device, you're probably gonna have a limit, limited connection speed, but we'll see. It would be very, very interesting. 
Elon also tweeted, Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech? And then said, what's going on here, Tim Cook? Vosh says, Elon, I think them exercising their right to not advertise on this platform actually is their free speech. Let's break this down. Vosh got a point. Apple does not have to support social media, uh, Twitter and advertise on this platform, giving money. Oh, look, you can see on the right, Tim Pool and Tim Cast trending. How about that? He doesn't have to do that. Apple doesn't have to do that. But Elon Musk's point is not that they they are exercising their, their right to speak where they want. He's saying that their reaction is based upon their support for free speech, and they don't like that, and they want censorship. So while Vosh, I hear you, exercising their right not to speak is in line with their free speech, if they are saying they will not use the platform unless they censor people, they aren't in favor of free speech. Get it? They're like, we don't want to be here because you won't censor people. They oppose free speech. It's, it's that simple. But uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Elon says, this is a battle for the future of civilization. If free speech is lost, even in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. Justin Amash responded, the First Amendment and free speech are not synonymous. But without a culture of free speech, there would be no First Amendment. Private companies and organizations that choose to serve as open forums for news and opinions are essential to protecting this right that we hold dear. And he nailed it. The First Amendment does not mean free speech. The First Amendment protects five different rights, including free speech. Free speech is a culture, is, 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 a, is a principle, is an ethic, is a moral position that we in this country agree on. We believe that people should have a right to speak. Hey, I just pointed out that I was trending. How about all that last night, huh? I think I uh, did a great service for free speech. I'm sorry if that comes off as arrogant or humble bragging. I don't, I'm not saying I'm the only one. I think what we set out to do, we did, and we proved a point that I think is very, very important. I don't like being in the news like this. I don't like seeing my name or my brand trending. I just want to do my thing and talk about what I care about. But last night when we had uh, Milo Ye and Fuentes on, and they could not handle even slight pushback on their ideas, and they got up and stormed off. Ye did, and then Milo and Nick followed. A lot of people hit me up and said, you've proven the point. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Their ideas could not stand up to scrutiny. They couldn't elaborate. They couldn't explain. They, they couldn't say anything to a simple statement. They were emotional and illogical. And people see that and they go, is that oof? Even people who liked Ye were like, he looked really, really weak doing that. He wants to be president. It ain't going to happen. That's the point. Elon is correct. And we're proving it every day. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. It's a figure of speech. I think the best disinfectant is probably, I don't know, like bleach or something. Maybe not. But sunlight works. UV rays. And so what ends up happening? By allowing people to speak, then we learn who they are. Here's my understanding. I had said previously I didn't think Ye was anti-Semitic because I thought that what he had said was just uh, uh, improper. I thought what he was trying to say was that there was a group of Jewish people who were targeting him. And a lot of people told me that. I did not actually hear exactly what he was saying. I thought that was the idea. Like, oh, he's not saying all Jewish people. He's saying it is these specific Jewish people. And then it turns out, no, quite literally not. He won't elaborate. He can't explain. And he brings on people who genuinely believe in these conspiracies. And then sunlight showed me exactly who he was exactly what they believed. And then they stormed off without being able to back up anything they had to say. 
And people called him out. And people said free speech works. So anyway, I digress. I hate to bring up me, but I'm sitting here looking. I see myself trending and I want to make that point. Sunlight works. When Milo got banned, he went into the shadows. He was canceled. And he ends up doing some of the craziest. He's working with MTG. Then he's working with Ye. Like, what's he doing behind the scenes, man? You don't know. And you'll never see it coming. We bring him on the show, let him speak. And everyone once again sees exactly what they have to say. Now, I'll tell you this, my friends. We had Milo on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't say any of this stuff. He was talking about Trump supporters and revenge. I don't know how it came to be that he's working with Ye and Fuentes and espousing these things. And I'm like, if that's who he is, then it's sad. Because I thought he had, he, he said a lot of really important things about Trump supporters, what they believe and what they were looking for. His views, I understood. But then he decides to throw in with this lot. And well, there you go. When the people are given a chance to speak, this is what happens. Now they're, they're further deeply a persona non grata. Look, there are a lot of things you're, you're allowed to believe what you want to believe. You're allowed to say what you want to say. And there are people like me who are willing to sit you down and actually have a conversation about that. And you need to have the conversation about it. And then we'll show the whole, whole world that our ideas win. If you think your ideas will win, then you need to sit down and push back and explain them. If you can't, your ideas must be really bad. That's it. Logic. We say facts don't care about your feelings. Of the left, feelings don't care about your facts. And that's exactly what Ye represented the other day when he got emotional, stormed off and wouldn't have a conversation about it. It's a feeling to them. It's emotional. I want to expose that. Elon Musk. Here we go. Ian Miles Chong said, actually, you know what? You know what? Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me see if I can. Um, pull, I'll pull up this meme tweet first. Elon tweeted this fake, this fake uh, CNN article. It's a meme, by the way. I say fake, but it's a meme. And it says, CNN, Elon Musk could threaten free speech on Twitter by literally allowing people to speak, speak freely. And then it's got a picture of Don Lemon. CNN PR says the headline never appeared on CNN. Be better. It's a meme, CNN. Is something wrong? Well, Ian Miles Chong chimed in. He says, you know, that satirical headline Elon Musk posted that CNN had severe heart palpitations over. It's real, except it's from the L.A. Times. Shout out to Ezra Levant for spotting it. L.A. Times reported how Elon's plans for Twitter could threaten free speech to enhance Twitter's potential as a vehicle for free speech. Elon Musk should focus on how to make the platform a hospitable hospitable place for dialogue, truth seeking and citizen engagement. Elon says, The reason satire about CNN proposing censorship of Twitter could so easily be construed as reality is because that is a that is the prevailing sentiment of the media. Satire reveals a deeper truth. And boy, does it. Now, here we go. The amnesty plan. I hope y'all are ready for this. Elon Musk's Twitter amnesty. Twitter has begun the process of reinstating 62,000 accounts with 10,000 plus followers. One account has over 5 million followers. 75 accounts have 1 million followers. Employees have referred to this event as the Big Bang. I love it. Platformer. Casey Newton and Zoe Schiffer write why some tech CEOs are rooting for Musk. One, the CEO's revenge. They say the DEI movement has lost control of Twitter, which served as the main instrument to run ideological enforcement in the corporate sphere. The threat of Twitter mobs ensure quick compliance from corporate executives and other figures of power. 
let, lest the pick, pitchforks be aimed at their necks. But now Twitter is owned by Elon Musk, a fact that has fundamentally altered the balance of power. And Elon can now say, Apple, what are you doing? And everyone spins and says, Apple. And now they're scared. It is the values of free speech and meritocracy that are winning. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. The woke mob has lost control. The statement was from Hanemeyer Hansen. They say, for executives who have been looking for an excuse to stop pretending that they care about diversity issues, then Musk seems to be pro- uh, pro- providing huge inspiration. Musk seems to be proving similarly inspirational to CEOs who believe their employees have grown too lazy, too coddled, too opinionated about their workplaces. On November 16th, the same day Musk asked Twitter remaining, Twitter's remaining employees to sign an oath pledging to work long hours, former PayPal CEO and Facebook crypto guy David Marcus tweeted, I guess the times of complaining to the CEO of a large tech company at at an all hands in front of thousands of people about the quality of toilet paper have come to an end. True story. This really happened. Fire them all. Now, there's some other issues. The Big Bang. Can Musk succeed? They say from his project to reinstate banned users to pick in a fight with Apple, the billionaire seems to be making it harder on himself every day. Can he succeed? They say the project could cause more instability at Twitter at a time when the company is hemorrhaging engineering talent. Hemorrhaging, he got rid of those people. They say between the coming Big Bang and the remaining potential for brand impersonation, though, advertisers remain deeply skeptical. As they pull their spending from Twitter, Musk has called several CEOs to berate them for abandoning the platform. These CEOs stayed on Twitter when they were being berated by the left. They were terrified of the left. They're still kind of but they're going to reel from it when they realize what regular people think of them. I remember when uh, Netflix lost like 2 million subscribers, some ridiculous number, and it was right after some major controversy over, let's just say, disgusting issues. These companies are going to learn the hard way. The left isn't who has the power. They're small. It's regular people. And when the conversation shifts, they're going to have to put up or shut up or go hide. Regular people aren't going to stand for this. They're going to mention that uh, the Apple thing we already talked about, governing, industry, those good tweets. Okay, whatever. I guess there's two main issues, they say, as to why some people are rooting for Elon Musk. They're skeptical of their workers, too. Plus, new details on Musk's general amnesty. It should be interesting. Musk is feuding with, with Apple. Free speech absolutist Elon Musk has scrapped their COVID misinformation policy that censored tweets questioning vaccines and lab leak origin theory. And away we go. It's not going to be so easy. Elon says he'll make his own phone if Apple and Google deplatform Twitter. I certainly hope it does not come to that. If there is no choice, I will make an alternative phone. But he is under attack. And here we go. Major Twitter hack sees 5.4 million phone numbers and email addresses leaked on the dark web as firm is accused of trying to cover it up by suspending users who broke the news. A hacking forum on the dark web is offering more than 5.4 million Twitter users records for free. The information includes phone numbers, email addresses and Twitter IDs. 
This is enough data to conduct phishing attacks to obtain login credentials. A cybersecurity expert sounded the alarm about the data dump last week. He was suspended from Twitter a day after posting the news to his account. Many Twitter users believe this is the firm's way of covering up the leak. Yeah, I don't really believe it. I think that's silly. I think a lot of people are faking getting banned because it's a, it's a psyop to manipulate. They say the data dump was identified by Chad Loader, the founder of cybersecurity awareness company Habitu8, who shared the news in a post to his Twitter account on November 23rd, and his account was suspended shortly after posting. Isn't that the guy that Andy No called out? Let me see if I can pull this up, because I'm pretty sure that um, it sounds like this guy might be an Antifa guy. But I'm not so sure. And I don't want to I don't want to disparage anybody, you know, if it's if it's not the case. But uh, I'm going to keep um, vamping as I do a quick search to see if I can. No, maybe it's not the guy. I don't want to I don't want to drag anybody who's not involved in this. I think I got the name wrong. It's uh, it, it's it's, it's got to be somebody else. Right. Bear with me just uh, one second as I try and load some more stuff and see if I can. OK, probably a different person. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But uh, sure. Because the name sounded familiar, but uh, forgive me if I, if I was incorrect. They say remo- removing loaders' tweets and suspension has sparked concerns that Twitter is trying to hide the issue, with some users saying Musk banned loader for exposing how weak Twitter security is. The user data was first posted on a hacking forum with a $30,000 price tag in July, but the recent sale offers the recent sale offers this information for free. Interesting. I think that is the Antifa guy. I kind of, I kind of feel like it is. Okay, let me do a quick Google search here. Because uh, I, I, I feel like that is. Oh, OK. Wait, is that is that him? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, OK, it is. Yeah, OK, it is. Okay, this is the Antifa guy. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was, but I wasn't completely sure. So I'm trying to I'm trying to pull this up in, in another tab as I'm talking. And uh, I'm blo- uh, oh suspended against blah, blah, blah. Yeah, OK. Uh, this, this Andy No says this guy is uh, uh, an anti-Semite or something like that. There's a post-millennial article about it. Let me see if I can pull this up. So no wonder this guy got suspended. This looks like a coordinated attack on uh, on Elon Musk. Here we go. Let me let me uh, let, let me pull up this story for you guys in real time. This is from November 16, 2021. Antifa journalist accused of predatory behavior by women expressed racist and anti-Semitic views and called for murders. Chad Loader, a well-to-do 45-year-old white male from Redondo Beach, California. That's the guy. And that was the image. I, I, th- I thought it was. Yeah. He says, breaking, I've just received evidence of a massive Twitter data breach affecting millions of Twitter accounts in the EU and, ES, and, and US. I have con- uh, contacted a sample of the affected accounts, and they confirmed that the breach data is accurate, that the breach data is, is, is accurate. And he got suspended. Why? Well, he probably got suspended because he's associated with calling for violence and things like that. Or it may actually be that he did the hack. I don't know for sure. I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just saying he's in the news and this is what's reported. And uh, if he's just some guy who discovered this, then and Musk really did this, it's wrong. Let me just tell you, I don't really trust them. I don't trust these people. I think they've been coming after Elon quite a bit and they're trying to find a reason to go after him, to get him taken down, things like that. Surprise, surprise, an Antifa guy who doesn't like Musk, presumably, who apparently is aligned with the people complaining about how Twitter is going to collapse, all of a sudden says, yep, here's a data breach. And apparently he's a hacker or something like that. So they say, let's make sure, that is, is that what they said? They said that um, 
Uh, the founder of cybersecurity awareness company Habit28. So he's an infosec guy, happens to discover this breach. He also happens to be aligned with groups that don't like Elon Musk. Surprise, surprise, Elon, they're coming after you. And what I mean by they is Antifa, the establishment, the left and the woke cult. I mean, there are people who don't like you. Sunlight really is the, is the best disinfectant, though. So let's expose more of this. In the meantime, I look forward to seeing the Twitter files. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Maybe you've heard the news. Last night, we hosted Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, Miley Yiannopoulos, and Nick Fuentes on Timcast IRL, and Ye got up and stormed out about 27 minutes into the show. And uh, there's a lot that people don't understand about it despite the fact that we did talk a lot about it after he stormed off and we carried on with the, the hour and a half show. We were planning on doing a members only uncensored segment. And I think this was staged maybe by yay, but I don't know. I think Milo is a very, very smart guy. Um, I, I, I said before, I think he's a genius because I'm looking at what's going on and I either have to assume that Milo is orchestrating some powerful vengeance or he slipped on a banana peel, did a perfect backflip, and then said, ta-da. But I'll explain in great detail. The big news right now that's been going on for the past week is this from Mediaite. This is a effing nightmare. Trump world leaking amid nuclear meltdown over Trump's dinner with white supremacist Fuentes. Big news. Dominating the front page on numerous outlets. Senators across the board denouncing Donald Trump. And I couldn't help but think Milo sort of organized that. I say sort of because Ye corrected me on the dinner invite. But um, is, the question is, is, is Milo getting revenge on Trump the way he said he wanted to a long time ago? Pink News reported December 14th, 2020. Milo Yiannopoulos vows to burn the Republican Party to the ground after losing everything for Daddy Trump. Now, I'll get into this in great detail, but I first want to talk about what happened last night for those that may not have seen the greater detail or context. I'm being hit up by people saying, I just saw the clip of him storming out. What happened? Let me tell you what happened. Before the show, we, 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 I discussed with Milo, Nick, and Ye why we wanted them there. I, of course, uh, uh, find their statements ridiculous on uh, Jewish people because, and, and they can't seem to understand, maybe whatever. I said, guys, I don't want to sit here and just have this debate over again. I understand, he, you know, Ye's talked with Fridman. People in the media have pointed it out. We know, okay? The issue is Donald Trump invited Ye and Fuentes to dinner and a few other people. It became big news. Some people argue that Trump knew who Fuentes was. Ben Shapiro had tweeted, maybe if you don't want to dine with an anti-Semite, don't invite, uh, 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 if you don't want to dine with, dine with an anti-Semite, you don't know, don't invite the one you do. So I got questions. When did Donald Trump invite Ye? Why? Why didn't he cancel? If, if there's, there's so much here. And so I said, you, you know, when, when the uh, opportunity arose, hey, we could have these guys on. I said, sure. Now, let me tell you something. A lot of people are saying, you know, oh, Tim wanted a high profile interview to get a bunch of press attention. No, absolutely not. I reject that 100 percent. Our, our guests are typically not the extremely high profile people. We do a lot of DC commentators. It is a topical news show, not a Rogan style interview show. This was specifically because the, the big story is Trump and this dinner. 
So why did Ye start talking about this? Well, some people have said Tim opens with an article from The Hill where Pence called him an anti-Semite and thought he wasn't going to get into it. They knew what article we had pulled up to launch the show. Ye addressed the issue before we even got started. Now, I wish we recorded the pre-show. Sometimes I say maybe we should, but the problem is we're setting up cameras, we're adjusting lighting. Some people are doing makeup, rarely, but you know, some people want to put on makeup. We're getting drinks. We're, we're discussing what they think the big topic is going to be. And, and, and you know, I, I say, hey, guys, let's save the conversation for the show. Let me pull up articles. Let's just get everything set up. In the pre-show, Pence asked, uh, I said, here's the article that I think we can lead with because Trump is being dragged over this dinner with, with, with uh, Fuentes specifically, but also Ye's involvement. They knew. And they were like, yeah. And here's the funny thing. During uh, the pre-show, when I would, when Ye would be talking, I would be, i would be going like this and I would, I would put up a finger. This is what I normally do when people are talking. If I need to change the subject, advance to a new segment, or just there's, there's an issue. Like people are like, Tim interrupts. Look, guys, if you, if you watch when we do the split view thing, you'll often see me put my hand up. Like, I'm just saying like, Hey, I want to, I'm going to try and get in. I'm trying to be a conductor of this show. You know what I mean? I want everybody to talk and preferably they all just talk and I don't got to say anything. But I do have to say for time, for segment, for topic, in response to audience questions, I'm going to try and move things along or I'm going to say something. In the pre-show, Ye would, Ye's talking and then I'm like, I'm listening and I'm like, okay, okay. And then I, I put my hand up. As soon as I put my hand up, he would immediately stop and go, you want to say something? And then I would say, yeah, yeah, we'll finish your idea. I just want, you know, like my, my intention is not to put my head up to stop you. And so I actually outlined this before the show. I said, just so you know, guys, I want you to be able to, 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 to talk about what's going on. If I put my hand up, just know that I'm getting ready to say something. I, I want to interject. I don't, you know, it's to avoid everybody screaming over each other. I may need to bring something up. I may need to push back on something. Quite literally, I told them, you cannot just come on here and say these things without expecting pushback. And if you do, I will put up my hand and I'm going to push back. And they said, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I don't know if Milo planned this. Milo insists he did not. According to staff members that were on the property, they said that he genuinely looked bummed that things were falling apart this way. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I wonder if Ye planned this because additionally, we have people uh, here who are are fans of Ye. I would say not fans of the recent history of Ye, but like, I mean, like his music going back. And uh, what's been expressed to me is that he does this thing where he like has this bomb fame period and then comes right back. Maybe, maybe it's not this time. Maybe this is part of his personality. He's only lucky to have come back. Maybe this was planned. Then I'll tell you. And I want to read some of these articles and show you how, how hilarious the media is being. And then talk about maybe, maybe uh, Milo's revenge. And I'll give you some context there. Before the show, we had this article. And I said, you know, I guess the big news right now. And I think Ye even pointed this out to me. The big news, of course, that Pence is, is denouncing Trump. Pence came out and said Trump shouldn't have done this. He should apologize. And uh, Ye, Ye said something like, so, so, so what happened, though? Like Pence betrayed Trump or something. Very calm. And Fuentes said, well, it's because there is this very loose, you know, I've already said, but I'll paraphrase, albeit like 
silly idea that Pence could have rejected the results in 20 in 2020 or something like that. And um, yeah, it was yeah, it was like, yeah, OK. When we started the show, but, but before the show, I was like, guys, I know you have these views. You've debated them. I'm not a fan. Obviously, if you want to bring them up, I am going. I, I said, look, who am I kidding? You're going to bring them up. I'm going to push back. I'm not going to let you just say these things. And they're like, yes, yes, of course, of course, of course. And Milo was like, but this is about what the plan is. It's about a potential candidacy. And I said, OK, we know what their views are. We don't know what happened at this dinner. We don't know how they ended up there with Trump. And it is sinking Trump world, according to a lot of people. I thought this is Milo's revenge, isn't it? And the reason why he wants to come on this show is because he's going to put these people in front of the world and say, this is who Trump was having dinner with. And then maybe it didn't go according to plan, or maybe it did. So when the show starts and immediately, yeah, he's just like, I want to talk about anti-Semitism and what it means and all that. And I said, so you want to just go right into it? Fine. I'm like, they're nuking the show because like, yay acting like he said during the show, you know, he threatened to walk if it was another Lex Fridman kind of thing. I'm like, bro, you are doing this. So I think yay may have planned it. Not surprised. He was he, he apparently was laughing and smiling on the way out. And I wonder if he planned the whole thing, grabbed a bunch of Luke's cookies and took off. And he said something like, I came I came what I did to do. I, I don't know exactly what I what he said. I was told by our security guys that as he's leaving, he said, I came what I did to do, did the show, conquered it and ruined Tim Pool or something like that. Maybe maybe he said ruined the show. I don't know. Whatever his plan was before the show, he you know, I was telling him like, I'm, I'm, I'm I said outright. You know, you talk about Jewish people. How does that explain me? And he goes, God's on our side. I'm like, what? what? That, that's meaningless. There's a bunch of people in media who are not Jewish. And the example that goes right top of my head, because I worked for them, I know, is Vice. Shane Smith, Irish Canadian guy. I'm not trying to drag Shane. Uh, you know, I just that's the example I have at the top of my head. There are many other people in media who are not Jewish. OK. I said, how do you explain? He's got a woke, you know, Vice goes woke. Totally. And that was completely under Shane's control, an Irish dude who became a billionaire. Ain't nobody holding you back. You became a billionaire. You've got specific people. I said this before the show, and Ye was like, whatever. And then as soon as the show goes live, all of a sudden he's like, oh, man, oh, I'm so out. I'm, I, I'm not going to do this. Some people were like, Tim should have just let him speak, let him speak. Yo, I asked him about the dinner, and it was, it was, I knew what was going on right when the show started. Before the show, it's lively conversation. The show starts and then it's quiet. And I said, so what happened with this dinner? And, you know, it's very, very quiet. The audio, and, I, and, and then you, you'll notice at the beginning, I'm like, I'm, I motioned to Surge, which you, you may, probably didn't see on camera. And then Ye goes, oh, was that? And then I was like, I'm just telling him, turn the volume up. Because all of a sudden they got quiet. We do the audio beforehand. We normalize their audio beforehand. Show goes live. They quiet down real quiet. You know, it's just talking like this. And then I'm like, OK, crank the volume up. I kind of think it was on purpose. And uh, I wonder if it was Yay who did it, because you got to think about what he's doing right now. OK, Donald Trump invited Yay to dinner. Let me let me let me let me pull this up. Joel Pollack uh, on Twitter says fascinating from Timcast. Yay says dinner with Trump was scheduled before the death con tweet postponed after midterms. Yay says Milo reached out to him after the tweet. Milo says he brought Fuentes into the conversation. Yay confirms Trump had no idea who Fuentes is. I don't I, maybe it's all random nonsense, but I'll tell you, Donald Trump, 
you invited Ye before DEFCON. But hold on. He didn't disinvite him after? He didn't have to. You know, I, you know, my point to Ye was, look, I get it. You have these views. You're allowed to have them. I want to know about this. My point is this, guys. I know that you know. I know the media knows. You know what I believe. Any honest person does not need to have a referendum on Jewish people with, with Ye when you, he's in the news and we know. What I want to get to is, did Donald Trump know what he was getting into? Because Fuentes had apparently said in the past, I don't think, I'm not going to say, he said something like, I'm not going to say he knew who I was, but he knew I was me or something to that effect. Okay, well, Ye confirmed Trump did not know who Fuentes was. Okay. But I got to wonder, Ye wants to run for president. Okay, I, well, I don't know how he's going to run for president if he can't sit down and have a conversation. But fine, you know, whatever. Ye doesn't owe me anything. I'm not, I, I'm not mad at him for storming out. I'm, I, I'm just trying to explain what's going on. I'm not mad at Milo. I, uh, I'm not mad at Fuentes. I don't like their views. I'm not personally aggrieved by them walking out. I don't think they're, uh, I, I, feel, I feel really bad for Milo, to be completely honest. He is a very, very smart guy. I don't know what he's doing, but I don't know why he decided to wrap himself up in this stuff. Because he, he's a guy who is a, a, a lot of people think he's, like, some people said Timmy's not a genius, he's a grifter. I'm like, dude, you don't understand what this man's been doing behind the scenes. And I can't even be begin to describe. Like this whole thing. Let me show you this. In 2020, Milo said, he said, burn the Republican Party to the effing ground. I lost everything helping to put Trump in office. My life and career were completely destroyed. Was it worth it? No, I feel utterly betrayed. I will have vengeance. I am dedicating the rest of my life to the destruction of the Republican Party. Motive much? Yeah, maybe. I think that's motive right there. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I'll say that uh, uh, you, I've got like leftist media outlets being like Tim Pool offered up a friendly chat to anti-Semites and then was forced to push back. What does that mean? Like, what? yo, I love the identitarian left and right. You've got the identitarian right saying that I wouldn't let Ye just explain who they were or whatever. And I'm like, they knew exactly my position and I want Ye to explain the holes in his logic, which he cannot do. He can't do it. And, uh, and he also wouldn't let me entertain my thoughts. He wouldn't have a conversation. Did he, did he think that he was going to come and sit down and monologue? Let me clarify, because I said yesterday, maybe that's what he thought. Milo came on the show and just talked straight. And I explained, Milo's been silenced for five years. He is a Trump world personality. Trump is announcing again. And it was really interesting. I said, OK, we'll let him speak. And Luke did interject. I also interjected. But for the most part, he was explaining what he thought and what he felt about Trump. Yeah, he's been on a bunch of podcasts. He's talked all about this. I don't need you to say this stuff. And I'm not I'm not here to create a referendum on a, an entire group of people. I'm here for you, who everybody knows what you think, to explain why Trump met with you, a former president who's currently running and you are saying you are running. I had a bunch of people hit me up before the show. And they were like, Tim, you can't let them get away with it. You need to push back. You need to call out these things. And I'm like, in, in, in due time and when it matters, I will absolutely say these things. Like for one, Milo accused Ye of being gay. Fuentes has disparaged black people. Here they are working with this guy. What's going on? Milo said he was Jewish. What's going on? It didn't even get to that point. It didn't even, it, it didn't even get to that point. What I told these people and I told the spectator is 
You know, a lot of people were hitting me up being like, are you seriously going to do this? Uh, and I'm like, bro, these conservatives hitting me up being like, don't platform them. I was like, you want to try me, bro? You come to me when Milo is speaking at, at Berkeley and Antifa shuts it down and you say, oh, that, that deplatforming doesn't work and you shouldn't do this and people should have free speech. But now all of a sudden you're like, don't platform these people. I see conservative GOP people being like, you're platforming these people. I'm like, yeah, they're the biggest story in, in, in the country right now, maybe the world. So yeah, I want them to explain what they said to Trump, what Trump said to them, what Trump, was Trump happy? Was he sad? And we had an opportunity to do it. I guess they didn't want that opportunity. I think, you know, I, I, I think based on the fact that they knew what the story we had uh, pulled up, that I told them outright, guys, I understand this is going to be a big component, but let's focus on the news and then we'll get to this stuff. I, I said, I said quite literally, who am I kidding? You guys are going to bring it up. I'm going to push back. And when you start saying this stuff, I am, when, I, when I put my hand up, I'm going to push back on this. Milo was like, is this the system you've developed to avoid censorship? And I was like, no, 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 no. It's so that people don't speak over each other. And it's because I'm not just going to let you say it. He's like, I know, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, he stormed off. Here's what I think. Full transparency. This was the perfect outcome for everyone, I guess. Depending on what your perspective is, I don't know. The perfect outcome. Ye got to say what he thought of, you know, uh, Jewish people and I, I, don't, I don't know what his argument is. I don't understand his perspective. It's, I, I thought that he had told people he was not saying all Jewish people. He was saying some or a bunch, a handful. Okay, well, I, I, I don't know. You have, you have to explain it to me. You can't just come on and assume everybody knows everything you're thinking. But let's, let's, let's break this down. Milo wants revenge on the Republican Party. What did he get? He got Trump to meet with Fuentes. The entirety of the GOP is now coming after Trump. Milo and Fuentes both said that Trump's speech was weak and it was not daddy and, and it was not good. And now all of a sudden, here they are saying that, uh, uh, like, you know, Trump is not the guy anymore or something to that effect. I don't know. Trump is reeling from the dinner with Fuentes and Ye. He's trying to downplay it, but he can't denounce it because he'll lose all of those people who like him. Wow, that says a lot. You should. He doesn't want to create disaffected voters. I don't know what the, what the issue is. Storming out of the show was big news. And now it's front page of TMZ right after it happened. So think about it. If Ye came on my show and talked details of Trump's dinner, they'd get some stories. Some people are interested in that. But Ye knows how to get press. Storming out without accepting any challenge to his views means that he and Fuentes can say these things, or Fuentes only got a few words in, they will not be challenged on it on the spot. They'll storm out and the press won't be about that. It will be about storming out. It will be a nonsense drama story. Not about their views, not about their politics, not about their plans. It will be that they stormed out. So Milo Fuentes, yay, major press from this. Drama, 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 drama. Their views aren't sufficiently challenged. They walked away from it. Trump is made to look really, really bad because this confirms Trump invited Ye to come out after what Ye had tweeted and Ye holds these views. So now the question is, what was he saying to Trump? You think that Ye wasn't sitting there saying this exact same thing? Let me tell you, when the show started and, and, and we brought up the dinner, Ye immediately starts talking about Jewish people. So I'm supposed to believe that we sat down with Trump. Trump didn't say anything. Rumors are that Trump was yelling at him. Maybe this is why. I don't know. 
So the, re- the story you get now is Milo wanted revenge. Milo introduced Fuentes into the conversation with Ye. Ye brings him to Trump. Is Ye trying to sink Trump too? Apparently, Ye asked Trump to be his running mate. Trump got offended. Ye wants to run for president. I genuinely believe he does. He asked me, it's the weirdest. He's, 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 he's not insane. People, I'm, I'm telling you guys, people are like, oh, Ye, I'm getting messages. They're like, maybe he's really just be, he's bipolar and he's being taken advantage of by Fuentes and Milo. And I'm like, I don't believe it. I think, I think Milo and Fuentes see an opportunity here. Um, but I talked to Ye beforehand, completely lucid, completely coherent, smart. That's why I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. There's no way you get to this point by accident. You do not become a former billionaire or billionaire or whatever it is on accident. When he went up on stage with Taylor Swift all those years ago and said, I'm gonna let you finish. Come on. He knew what he was doing. So I don't believe this was an accident. I don't. I don't. I don't know who planned it or what. But uh, the fact that Ye calmly, with a smile on his face, asked me questions, he said something like, I don't need to do these podcasts. This is before the show. He's like, I know I'm lifting up their profile. And, and then I said, I don't think your profile could be any higher. And he's like, exactly. But he goes, I asked you downstairs, how do I become president? And you ignored me. And I asked you again and you ignored me. And I was like, I didn't ignore you. I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know, dude. I'm a guy. I told you. The first time he asked me, I was like, bro, I don't know to become president. I'm a guy who complains on the internet. And then when we're sitting there, I said, I said, okay, ballot harvesting. I was like, it, it doesn't matter if you go to someone, you give them all the good ideas. Obviously, people who care about politics right now are pushing back against the, the destruction of the economy, energy independence, the, the, the need for it. Like they're, they're pushing back against what Biden is doing with energy policy. But they get ballot harvesting. They go door to door. They say, vote for Biden. People just do it. And I said, if you got people to go door to door and just tell them, vote yay, you're going to get them. And then I said, and, and, and this is amazing because he tries bringing this up saying, you said I would do good with the black vote before the show. Why? Because I'm black. And I was like, that's oversimplifying what I said, partly. It's funny because, and then people are trying to get me on that. I'm like, dude, I said, you're a celebrity. People are going to say yay over Trump Biden any day. You're a celebrity. They know you. They like you. They watch you on TV. And I was like, but I think for, for, for a lot of people, especially in the black community, they're going to see something inspirational about you because you, yes, because you are black. Not every single person. I'm not saying every single person. I'm saying that with, and this is what, this is what, this is what we didn't get to elaborate on. When Obama was running in Chicago, we're, we're both from there. I'm skating in a black neighborhood with, with, with friends. And, and, and one of my friend's mom, his mom, I think it was his grandma or something, said to him, he could be the first black president, so you have to vote for him. He responded, does that make him a good president? And I was like, right on, dude. Like, the race doesn't matter. But I can see that there's a reality of in-group preference among people. And, we, and, and I've talked about it, that Latinos, black people, white conservatives have in-group racial preference. White liberals don't. I wasn't sitting there saying to him, like, you know, because you're black, people are going to vote for you. I was saying, you're a celebrity. You, you represent a community and that will probably do well. Not a lot. I don't know what degree. And then Fuentes chimed in and says Trump reached the upper limit. You know, it's really fascinating that this conversation didn't, you know, didn't get recorded. It's unfortunate. But anyway, anyway, what I want to say is, I'll, I'll, let me, let me, let me, I guess we'll just wrap this, these, these thoughts up. Maybe I'll get into it more later because news is developing on it. I'll have to address some stuff, but he stormed out and this is what happens. There's no sufficient pushback to his views. It 
further highlights the problem of, of them being with Trump. Fuentes, the last thing he says, and maybe this is what I'm telling you, man, I think I think Ye may have planned this. It's an effing nightmare, says Mediaite. Hear this. What was the last thing said on the show right when Ye walked out? Some people are like, Ye warned you he was going to storm out. Ye's the one who brought it up. They knew beforehand the story. Ye mentioned Pence. He knew the Hill. Pence says, and he knew. They were like, Tim should have changed the subject. I, me- I went, I said, they're being unfair to you. And I was segueing into the corporate press, the media, but he says, no, who are they? Oh, the corporate press. And then what, do- what happens? Fuentes says, and I said, but, but it's it, like, he says, I don't, I, I said, I don't use the word they the way you do. And then he's, uh, uh, yeah, he says something like, we can't say who they are. I said something, Fuentes, the last word. He says, but isn't it, though, about them? That was it. As soon as Fuentes said that, Ye gets up and walks out. Now, I, I started talking about stuff. You can't see on camera, though. I start talking, and Ye's getting up and leaving, and then I stop, and then I start looking at him as he's walking out. It was right after Fuentes said that thing. Ye walks out. He did what he needed to do. This is what I heard from my staff, my security guys. As he was leaving, he says he came on and got what he needed. Something to that effect. Here's what I think. He wanted Fuentes on the show. He wanted Fuentes to say it. He wanted that on Trump. He's running for president. He's taking Trump out of the running. Maybe not. Maybe it was all a big accident. But you don't become a very powerful, influential person by being stupid. Ye may be arrogant, eccentric, or he may be cold and calculating. Before the show, he was very calm. He's downstairs. And maybe we got footage. Here's the bad news. Nobody filmed him on the way out. Stupid. A bunch of funny stuff happened when Luke went out to go after him and said, guys, come back, finish the the discussion. Yeah, he was like, am I being detained? Am I being detained? Am I free to go? I was told by so we had a security team. They they drove them to their, their location. They got on a plane. They left right away. And he was saying they were laughing and saying, like, they got what they needed. They they, they accomplished it. So I don't know. I don't know if Milo planned it or whatever, but the last thing, it was like one of the first things Fuentes actually said, and the last thing he said was an overt statement on Jewish people, and then Ye calmly, smile on his face, gets up and walks out, and apparently he was laughing on the way out, smiling. I don't think he was upset. I think he wanted, on this platform, I think he wanted TMZ to write about it. I think he wanted all of the outlets to pick the story up. Maybe, maybe. I shouldn't say I know. I don't know. And this is it. Trump met with an anti-Semite. Milo got Ye to bring him in. I wonder if, like, I think Milo, I don't know, man. I don't know. Milo says it wasn't planned. Some people said that Milo, some of my staff were like, Milo looked really bummed as he walked out because he had such a great time on the show when he came on. But it seems like they pulled off a master, a master plan. I don't, and I don't think it matters that I can even come out and say that because I don't, I don't think the media is going to care. And they know this. You got the Daily, the Daily Beast in smearing me. You've got Hassan smearing me. And they're saying everything that needs to be said to, to drag Trump into oblivion. Milo wanted his revenge. Fuentes, he waited 20 minutes and then he went, isn't it though? And then Ye got up and walked out. So you mean to tell me before the show, when Ye brought this up, and I pushed back. This is before the show. We're sitting there and I was like, like I said, I'm like, 
who am I kidding? It's to come up. You guys know I'm going to push back. I'm not going to sit here and let you say these things. And um, I brought up Shane Smith before the show. I'm sorry for dragging Shane into this so often, but I worked advice. He is a white Irish guy. He speaks French. He's not, well, as far as I can tell, he's not Jewish. And uh, he was a, a, a gutter punk dude in, in, in Canada, is my understanding. Started a magazine with a bunch of friends, built it into a massive billion dollar company, totally woke. Yeah, yeah no problem. None at all. Some people are like, it's because you kept cutting him off. No, 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 no. I'm putting my hand up and I'm waiting. And before the show, Ye would be saying something like, you know, so I'm working on this project. You want to say something? He would just pause the smile on his face. We're downstairs hanging out. It was me, Luke. Um, we had some cameras. And, and, and you'll see it. Very calm with a smile on his face being like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Totally lucid. He was saying things like, I don't do well, uh, you know, in, in a very serious, like, there's a lot of people upstairs and uh, I'm the kind of person I am. I need uh, to chill and just get away from everybody, you know, and I'm like, yeah, no, no, of course. We go upstairs, very calm, very rational. And then as soon as the camera turned on, yeah, I'm going to tell you, totally changed, totally changed. So there's my thoughts. I don't want to, I don't want to ramble too long. Probably talk about it a bit later, but um, we're going to have Michael Malice on the show. Michael Malice is Jewish and uh, he's got a lot to say. Uh, about it. And um, it's, it's fascinating. These people who hold these views when they drag, like we have employees that are Jewish and I'm like, bro, these are free speech people. These are people who like work here. They believe in free speech in, in these arguments. They just don't like that you're disparaging something about them that they can't change or just because of something they believe. And then uh, you got like Michael Malice, for instance, one of the most uh, prominent fighters for free speech and, and, and an anarchist. And they would put they're like Jewish as the defining trait. I got to wonder, man, is, is Ye going to come out and then do 180 and be like, man, that was wrong. I, I totally learned my lesson. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's all I can really tell you is what happened. It seemed like when the cameras turned on, everything changed. Their voices dropped. They were getting, they were more on edge. They were seemingly taking offense now all of a sudden, or I should say Ye was. And then they get up as soon as Fuentes made that statement. Here's what I think. That's the story. The story is Ye storms out. What's the clip? Fuentes saying what he says. Ye walks out. I wonder if Ye knew he had to walk out the moment Fuentes said something because it's going gonna, it's gonna to slam Trump. Now they're going to be asking Trump. But Fuentes was on a show and he said this because they made that the story. Ye made the story, specifically the statement about Fuentes, when the news is about Fuentes meeting with Trump. Just my thoughts. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Things are getting spicy over in Arizona because there were a bunch of issues on Election Day, namely in Maricopa County. Now, they don't want us talking about that, but there were issues. Some stories have come out where there are hundreds of people who are waiting in line, the tabulators weren't working, and many people left. In an official statement, Bill Gates, the name of actually the name of uh, one of the supervisors in Maricopa County, I think he is like the election supervisor in Maricopa. He said that I believe it was around 17,000 ballots that were forced to be put into box number three to be counted later. But that's not really what concerns me. What I find uh, at issue is that many people were waiting in long lines because the machines weren't working and then ultimately left. And we don't know who those people are. This disproportionately favored Democrats. And now we don't actually know the will of the people. So here's what's happening. Katie Hobbs, the current secretary of state, is suing 
after Republican officials refused to certify county election results. Cochise County officials have endorsed claims of voter fraud despite no evidence of any problems. Yeah, I don't know about any of that fraud stuff. I know that the machines were having problems that everybody knows about. And there are serious legal questions about what that means. But I also want to make sure I point out something to all of you, because I'm seeing a lot of people, uh, especially on the right, who are like, this is great. You know, uh, Cochise and Mojave County are not going to certify. But now I think, you know, Mojave did certify. They said under duress. And now Cochise is saying they've not certified. This is actually not good for Republicans. These counties that are not certifying, these are pro-Kerry Lake counties, meaning all that happens if they don't certify is that it benefits the vote count for Katie Hobbs. And they say it may actually flip a Republican victory to Democrat if they don't certify and they're past deadline. But let's let, let me show you the numbers exactly. And I'll read the story from The Guardian. But I want to make sure it's very clear. We've got a very serious problem. If they are moving forward with certifying elections, despite the fact that it is publicly known in all of the mainstream media that many people were disenfranchised and are complaining actively about it right now. Like there needs to be an, uh, uh, an overview adjudication of what happened. I don't know if that means you do the election over or what, but these machines, as reported by basically every outlet, were having problems. How can anyone have confidence in the system then, especially with a margin this close? Here's a story from The Guardian. Republican officials in a rural Arizona county refused on money to certify the results of the 2022 midterm election, despite no evidence of anything wrong with the count from earlier this month. Well, that is a specific statement, but doesn't get to the real issue that they're refusing to certify over. And that's that machines were having issues. People may have left. Listen, there's no question about the count. Like they, they counted the ballots. They're claiming the box three ballots they've counted. Some people are not happy with that and don't trust it. Fine. I respect that. But more importantly, outright period, there were people in line who walked away. Those votes are not in the count. That's the issue. Some officials who have embraced voter fraud theories held out defying a state deadline and setting the stage for a legal battle. You see how they're framing this? They're trying to lump this in with Trump because they know it's not a popular thing to say. They know that it's controversial. And I will I will stress this. It's how they are going to defeat Kerry Lake's supporters and legal challenges. They are framing this as a question of fraud when it's a question of failed voting machines. Now, that's a procedural issue. Now, you can argue someone sabotaged machines, I guess. I don't see evidence of that. I just see they weren't working. That's a fact, reported fact. That's, that is the point by which you need to approach this. The move came amid pressure from prominent Republicans to reject results showing Democrats winning top races. And the county was holding out in the afternoon of a nail-biting day that, that was the deadline for several counties to confirm results. In a lawsuit on Monday, the Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, a Democrat who narrowly won the race for governor, asked a judge to order county officials to canvass the election, which she said was an obligation under Arizona law. Lawyers representing a Cochise County voter and a group of retirees filed a similar lawsuit on Monday, the deadline for counties to approve the official tally of votes known as the canvass. The two Republican county supervisors delayed the canvas vote until hearing once more about concerns over the certification of ballot tabulators, though election officials have repeatedly said the equipment is properly approved. Hold on there a minute. Approved? Working? What's the issue here? Approved? Yeah, that's not what I'm seeing. I don't, I don't know if it's approved or otherwise. I'm saying there are people who have come out and said, hey, when my ballot got kicked back, I saw people leave. That has to be answered for. The state elections director, Corey Lorick, 
wrote in a letter last week that Hobbs was required by law to approve the statewide canvas by next week and would have to exclude Cochise County votes if they were not received in time, which would benefit Hobbs, mind you. That would threaten to flip the victor in at least two close races, a U.S. House seat and state schools chief from a Republican to a Democrat. So that's actually what going to give Democrats an extra seat in the House. Hobbs' lawsuit asks Cochise County Superior, Superior Court to order officials to certify the results by Thursday. Failing to certify them would undermine the will of the county's voters and sow further confusion and doubt about the integrity of Arizona's election system. Now, I'll pause and just say, whatever they think they need to do, they should not be forced under duress by threat of law to certify something. The point of certification is, is this legit? If it is, okay. If it's not, it's not. Telling them they have to do it no matter what defeats the purpose of it. Quote, the board of supervisors had all the information they needed to certify this election and failed to uphold their responsibility for Cochise voters. I will also add this too. on a whim. I don't think they should be able to just deny this. If someone's got an issue about certification, they should file a lawsuit and get an injunction and stop certification. A Democratic election attorney, Mark Elias, also pledged via Twitter to sue the county. Elsewhere, Republican supervisors in Mojave County postponed a certification vote until later on Monday after hearing comments from uh, from residents angry about problems with ballot printers in Maricopa County. Officials in Maricopa County, the state's largest, where the state capital Phoenix is located, said everyone had a chance to vote and all legal ballots were counted. Full stop. Whoa, that's a bold statement when you have people coming out on the record saying that they weren't able to vote. Election results have largely been certified without issue in jurisdictions across the nation, despite tub thumping by right wingers during their campaigns who sought to undermine public faith in U.S. democracy. Oh, man, that was a good one. Wow. Who thought who sought to undermine public faith in U.S. democracy? This is why people don't like the corporate press. Shut up, U.S. democracy. Many of the most extreme candidates lost. Donald Trump actually did really well. He did. But it has been a rockier road in Arizona, which became the focal point for efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 election and push false narratives of fraud following Joe Biden's surprise win in the state, a result that was first called by Fox News. Another fact that infuriated Trump as he railed against losing the White House. I got to say, man, Trump's lost his most ardent supporters, uh, many, many people who uh, have abhorrent views. And uh, uh, I should say he's lost support um, uh, among many of his supporters. He's retained a large base. I'm not trying to make it seem like Trump has lost everybody. No, I'm saying some people have said Trump isn't isn't the same as he used to be. He's not doing enough. But more importantly, he won't shut up about this. He won't. And so you know what? He deserves to lose. I like what Trump had in 2020. I, I, you know, in, up to the election, school choice, a lot of these issues. I like that he challenged the establishment, but I got to tell you right now, my friends, I'm not seeing it. It's just getting worse every single day. I respect what's happening with legal challenges in Arizona because of what we know for sure in Maricopa County. I'm a fan of Carrie Lake. I want her to to win. It's looking slim. I don't. I, I think the media is trying to frame Arizona as a fraud battle because they know that it ties these people to Trump, and Trump does not sound good. I'll show you what Trump had to say, and you'll and, and many of you are probably going to be like, yeah, no, I get it, man, I get it. But let's read some more and learn about what's going on in Arizona first. So I can give you the context. They say Arizona was long a GOP stronghold, but this month Democrats won most of the highest profile races over Trumpist Republicans. And I will interject as a result of ballot harvesting, legal ballot harvesting. 
where people go and say, hey, did you vote? I'll take your vote in for you. Universal mail-in voting makes us substantially more powerful. Lake, who lost the governor's race to Hobbs and Mark Fincham, the candidate for secretary of state, have refused to acknowledge their midterm election losses. However, they blame Republican election officials in Maricopa County for a problem with some ballot printers. With some, it was a lot of them. David Becker, executive director of the nonpartisan Center for Election Innovation and Research, said the officials delaying certification were breeding an illegitimate distrust in elections and disenfranchising voters. In the last year, it's become an unprecedented dereliction of duty for county officials to violate their oaths of office and refuse to certify election results, citing gut feelings or alleged problems in other jurisdictions. Navajo, a rural Republican-leaning county, conservative Yavapai County, and Coconino, which is staunchly Democratic, voted to certify on Monday. In Cochise County, GOP supervisors demanded last week that the Secretary of State Prove vote counting machines were legally certified before they would approve election results. So let me let me show you a bit of uh, what we got going on here. This is from the Mojave Daily News. I'm not super familiar with what this is. It's MojaveDailyNews.com. Maybe it's not a a, the best publication. Maybe it is. I have no idea. Take a look at this. They say the hour meeting in the morning. This is Mojave County was recessed. So recessed. So board members could gather more information. When the meeting resumed, the board voted without dissent to certify the results, though board chairman Ron Gold and supervisor Hildy Angius both said they were voting under duress. Okay, well, people can sue about that, but I'm going to tell you right now, they're the problem. Ron Gold and Hildy Angius, it's your fault, personally yours, under duress. In a video, they say that they were told if they did not certify this, they would be committing a felony. So I guess they're going to go ahead and vote. Okay, what's the point of you in this position? You could have resigned. You could have been like, I won't, I resign. You could quit. They're not going to arrest you for quitting. But no, you say it's duress. Why? Here's what I think. I think these people want to pander, but don't actually want to ruffle any feathers or anything like that. They don't want anybody uh, actually, they don't, they don't want to shake anything. They don't want to rock the boat, but they also don't want people mad at them. This is their excuse. Because if you look at, I think it's Cochise, they're outright just like, no, we're not going to do it. Like right now, Cochise, it's, it's Cochise, I believe, right? Cochise County officials have endorsed claims of voter fraud or whatever. I, I don't know if that's true because that's not what I heard, but they're outright just saying no. So what is she doing? She's suing to force them to do it. Yeah, they're not going to go to prison. I really, really doubt that. Here's what I want to highlight, and then we'll talk about Trump. This is Arizona. These are all the counties. Take a look at this. You've got, uh, where are we at? Cochise County right here. It's got Cary Lake up about 8,500 or 8,300 votes. If they don't certify, Cary Lake loses votes. Then you've got over here, you've got Mojave County, which has got Cary Lake up 41,000, just about 40,000 votes. If they didn't certify, it would benefit Katie Hobbs. And you have Maricopa County. If Maricopa did not certify, yeah, this is the this is what basically gives Katie Hobbs the victory. A narrow victory, I might, I might add, by about 17,100 or so votes. 17,116 votes, it appears. If I got I to gotta say, that's within the margin of the, the, the uh, printer errors. And that doesn't include people who walked out. So I think Carrie Lake's uh, um, strategy here should probably be, and look, I'm not a lawyer not campaign person, probably should be getting as many signatures as possible as quickly as possible. 
to prove that they have the, the number of complaints that would result in the election being changed, thus granting standing, being allowed to file a lawsuit. But we'll see. I don't have all the answers. I don't know. If I was a, a lawyer, maybe I could tell you something better. But we'll see. Over at AZ Family, they say Maricopa Mojave County's approved canvas of election, but Cochise County refuses to certify. So those are the two other holdouts, which I find particularly interesting. And then we have this. Why they are saying fraud. Why they are uh, hoping Donald Trump runs. In the first tweet, Florida's voice. Governor Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, China zero COVID policy is draconian. It violates people's liberties and it is completely unscientific. The people in China are finally speaking out. We need these draconian COVID policies to go to the ash heap of history where they belong. November 29th, 1104 a.m. Uh, I like Ron DeSantis and I'm certainly souring upon Trump more and more every day. What did Trump post? I was 20, 232 to 22 in the midterm elections and still have to listen to Dems, rhinos and the fake news explain how poorly I did. Also, 98.6 in Republican nomination endorsements. Without my endorsement of Republican candidates, the numbers would have been a disaster. Same for 2018 and the corrupt election of 2020, where almost everyone won because and with the help of me, except me. That's amazing. And that's because the election was rigged and stolen. And that is the selfish ranting, the excuse making that makes people not want to support Trump. I'm sure by now most of you have heard about the yay interview. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. Everyone's got their opinion. Some are saying that I handled it poorly. I should have just let him talk. Whatever, man. There are a bunch of people who are like, they'll let yay go on their show and just talk for an hour. I'm like, I don't I don't see the point in that. They knew outright what it was going to be. It was going to be a conversation. And I told them outright, you want to get into that stuff. And I said, who am I kidding? You're going to bring it up. I'm going to push back. I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to say, hold on. And I'm going to push back. And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. So it is what it is. But I bring it up in this context because Trump is reeling from it. The media is coming out. He's getting denounced by basically everybody. And this is what he has to post. That the election of 2020, you know, I said going into Trump's announcement speech, that if he came out and said MAGA, I was there for it. If he said, here's my plan to fix this country, I was there for it. But if he keeps coming out and complaining about 2020, I am not interested. Ron DeSantis, proving time and time again, he's focused on the issues. That speaks to me. Now, maybe what Trump is saying speaks to the aggrieved. Like, and I mean, that legit, literally, people who are upset about 2020. Okay. But I think those extra 12 million votes that Trump got in 2020 that he didn't get in 2016, Yet those people, that's, that's me. I'm in that bracket. I didn't vote for him the first time. I voted for him a second time. He's, he's lost me. I look at Ron DeSantis and I'm like, okay, here's a guy who's talking about something. Maybe Trump's trying to go for the emotional uh, appeal. But I got to tell you, it just comes off as whiny. You know, when, when, when Ye stormed off the show, that's what everybody said. They said he came off like a baby, made of glass, fragile ego. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Look, Ye doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't have to sit there. Nobody does. Dude is extremely wealthy still right now. And people are, you know, everything they're saying about him being broke, dude, dude's got money. He doesn't need to come on my show. He could do whatever he wants. But I kind of feel like he needs that. He needs that story. He needs that attention. So it is what it is. Maybe he's just like Trump in that way. It's got to be on them. 
It can't be about issues. It can't be a debate. It can't be a conversation. It can't be about what you're going to do better. It's just got to rehash, rehash, rehash. That's what these guys have in common. You know, I mentioned this earlier before the show. I was like, I know you guys want to talk about it. I'm like, I'm not here to make a referendum on your opinions on this. I'm here to talk to you about what your plans are and what you're doing. And yeah, immediately just wanted to talk about it. The Jews. That's what he wanted to talk about. Okay, and he's wrong. And I understand what he's saying, or, or I, at least I assumed that what he was trying to say is there are some people coming after me who happen to be Jewish, but he just keeps acting like it's all of them, all of them. Here's my point, because I don't want to rehash all that. I want to move on. Is that the dude cannot move on. He is trapped in that. He's, he's, he's wrapped up in it. He's addicted to it. And so is Donald Trump. They got him. This is how they stopped Trump. They stopped Trump by making sure that his obsession cannot shine through and he cannot stand up. If Trump came out and started tweeting about the midterms in the sense that we need to do better to save this country, it was a tremendous success with all of our support. If, if he came out, you know, wash that stuff away. Let's, let, 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 me, let me write your statement for you, Trump. If y'all came out and said, in the midterm elections, I was 232 to 22 in my endorsements. This speaks tremendously as to the support of the MAGA movement, and it shows that the American people are tired of the policies of the Biden administration. We will now seek to prove over the next couple of years that we have the plan for America and that those who put their faith in us will not be let down. For we may not solve every one of your problems, but we will reject policies that seek to undermine you, the American people, and destroy your way of life. We will seek to enact policies to lower the gas prices for you, energy costs, make your lives generally better. And we make that promise to you that as we enter 2024, you will be proud to say that you will vote Republican. Well, Donald Trump couldn't do it. He had to say, you know, when I did this, they stole it from me. And then, you know, man, I just want someone to stand up and say, we're going to do right by you. Trust me, I'm here for you. I used to work for nonprofits. And I remember uh, telling a story. You know what? You know what I'll, I'll throw in a Marvel reference. I love when uh, in Winter Soldier, when Captain America, you know, the bad guys have taken over the base or whatever. And then he gives the speech where he's like, you know, some of you may not be with me, but, you know, I'm here with you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, did you write that? Did you write that? And he's like, and he just did it. He's charismatic. He gave that speech. I remember I was, uh, you know, I did some fundraising for nonprofits. And I told this story uh, to a woman to convince her to sign up and give us a contribution. And what I said was, I want you to, I was like, I don't want to give you a spiel or, 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 or uh, you know, a, a pitch about numbers and analytics. I, wanted to, I, wanted, I want you to, to imagine something for me. I want you to imagine you're sleeping under a bridge. You're in the dirt. There's no one who cares about you. Not a single person is there for you. You've got nothing, truly nothing. And then one day as you're sleeping in the dirt, you open your eyes as someone says, hey, and you look up at, 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 with the sunlight blinding over your face and you see a hand reach out and they, they say, come with me. I'm going to save you. You can be that person. Reach out your hand to these people and say, I will be that person. And I want you to imagine what it would feel like when someone does that for you. That's what we need in leadership. And Donald Trump does a lot of things. Revenge. 
He embodies that anger. But we need a leader to guide us from the darkness that has been consuming this country. And Trump was better than Biden in a lot of ways, but he certainly not got it now. So we'll see. I certainly don't think Katie Hobbs has it. I think Carrie Lake embodies so much more of what I just described. Tremendous. She's she's she abs, Carrie Lake is absolutely brilliant. And I think she's going to do great things no matter what happens here. But Trump ain't doing it. Sorry, man. This is all he can say over and over again is is it's not fair. It's not fair. The world isn't fair, bro. You know how the Democrats win? Ballot harvesting. Legal ballot harvesting. It's legal. Please, I beg of you, you figure that out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.